Hello and welcome to the All Access Book Club. Today's podcast is a special one as I have a guest with me. Dave is a friend of mine from drama school back in the day. In his spare time he plays bass with Ed Witcher Music and even played a private gig at Glastonbury last year. He would also like me to add that he is ruggedly good looking and devilishly charming. Hello Dave! Hello, very accurate. (laughs) So Dave and I will be discussing The Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb, which Dave recommended to me. Dave, would you like to read the synopsis? Uh, Yes, I can do that. In a faraway land in which members of the royal family are named for the virtues they embody, one young boy will become a walking enigma. Born on the wrong side of the sheets, Fitz, son of chivalry, is a royal bastard, cast out into the world, friendless and lonely. Only his magical link with animals, the old art known as the wit, gives him solace and companionship. But the wit, if used too often, is a perilous magic and one abhorred by the nobility. So when Fitz is finally adopted into the royal household, he must give up his old ways and learn a new life, weaponry, scribing, courtly manners, and how to kill a man secretly as he trains to become a royal assassin. Ooh, Mm. that's exciting. So Dave, you have read the whole book series. I have. Yeah. So why did you recommend this book? Why it might not be the best book in the series. Um, It's the starting point of something which is greater. And the series has stuck with me. I'm, I'm quite a slow reader. So I've had to commit to a series of books uh, that I enjoy. And I think it is a series that, that all fantasy fans should read. I also recommended it because it's not, it's not high fantasy. So there's no, there's not like vampires, werewolves, any of that. It's very basic, medieval-based fantasy. Think Game of Thrones for mm-hmm. fans of the TV series. But I'd say stripped back, there's less of the politics. It's much more character-driven. So, going to this, I, I, I know that you've read the whole series and I've only read this one. Um, so you can talk about the whole series if you want, but what did you like best about the book? I will say it has been years since I've read this book, so uh, I am a bit rusty. I've had to do sort of some Wikipedia looking this morning. Um, what did I like best uh, and what do I like best about the series? It's the character, the, uh, the characters, the way it's written. I like Fitz Chivalry as a character, and really it's the struggles that he goes through. He's been blessed with the wit and the skill, but the wit is a magic which is, as the synopsis said, abhorred by everyone. People look down on it, it's dirty magic. And the skill is a magic that he has, but isn't very good at or very very well trained in, and is never given the chance to because of his his status within the royal family. I like the struggles he goes through. There are characters which I don't believe are introduced in this book. I think they come in in the next book, which are crucial to the franchise. Uh, I don't really want to spoil anything. That's I would okay. Recommend that we you. We do no spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Uh, they they are very crucial, and um, the bonds that he forms with those characters are very important. I, I will say. Burritch is very important in this book. I, I love Burritch. I've, I've really, yes, really yeah. loved him. <laughs> yes, uh, he, is, he is supposed to be loved. He is, he is a fantastic character. Um, so obviously a bond is formed between Fitz and, and Burritch in this book. And am I right in thinking, 
I, I read this at the... Did Burridge have the wit? I I couldn't tell you. I Oh, don't do that. No, because <laughs> I... Yeah, there was, a, there was a hint of it, and I, I wondered, oh, what, yeah, yeah. I think it's safe to assume that because of the way the wit is viewed by mm-hmm. people in this universe, that there are characters who have it that you don't know about, mm-hmm. and there are also maybe characters who you think may have it that don't. Okay. I think, for me, I, I really love the imagination. I, oh, good. Okay. I, I desperately wanted to know more about the wit and the skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, what is forging? Because it's not explained. Um, and it comes in very early in the book. Mm-hmm. That there's this group of people that have been forged and they're now almost animalistic and, and they fight and they steal and, mm-hmm. and they do all sorts of awful things. It, it captured my imagination similar to similar to Harry Potter, but not in the same way. So when Harry Potter starts learning about magic, when Harry Potter starts going to school, it caught my imagination in that way. Like, I really wanted to learn to be an assassin. Yes, I really yeah. wanted to learn the skill. I wanted to have the wit and that, mm. that sort of that sort of feeling that sort of like oh it's so exciting mm. I, I love, love that. The, the the lessons he has with shade and yeah. and all of those and his development and there was a, I, I do remember being quite conflicted uh, conflicted and thinking he's learning to be a killer mm-hmm. and, but he's so young and naive that I don't think he understands what he's being asked to do and yeah. then I think towards the end of the book he's put in a position or he's always put in a position where if he has to he will kill mm-hmm but he hasn't done it yet. So, yeah. you know, I'm supposed to like this character, but he could be a killer. Yeah. Um, but I like that. I like being, as a reader, being put into that position and thinking about the moral- uh, morality of that. I thought it was really quite human as well mm. that, you know, they do start him off at a very young age. He doesn't really know what he's doing. Mm. And it's really exciting for him. He wants to see Chade for his lessons and stuff. But at the end of it, he's going to, he is going to start killing people. So I am... Um, oh, loud traffic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I, I found that was quite a really human sort of mm. aspect to him. So what did you like least about the books? Thinking back, when I read this one specifically, uh, it was The Forged and the concept of The Forged. I think I struggled to get my head around them and what they were. Although they are explained in later books how they come to be in that state, mm-hmm. I didn't really fully understand it at the time. I was like, are these zombies? Are these soulless people? Mm-hmm. They seemed like they were empty of something, but they still seem to have, as you said, animalistic behaviours and they'll still go and thieve and things like that. So I struggle with that concept to begin with, but as I say, it comes. it was only for this book it is explained later on. Mm, I thought it was quite similar to um, His Dark Materials when they're cutting the children from the demons. Yes, similar. Yes, similar. It, like, the, they were still there, but they mm-hmm. weren't as well. You know, they were really struggling mm-hmm. to feel that kind of soulless. And when Chade starts talking about the girl that he studied, it seemed like that, like, she had no control really over what mm. she was doing. Like, she was. Yeah, like this soulless creature, as it were. Mm. The thing that really, I really struggled with with the book is I know it's the first book of a trilogy and therefore we're setting the scene quite a lot. It's an origin story. Yeah, yes, and, yeah. It, and it's similar to like Lord of the Rings. So the first book, you know, you find out a lot about the characters, you do a lot of tracking yeah. and stuff like that. So 
you know, we find out a lot about the land that they live in. We find out a lot about the Farsi family, mm-hmm. Farsia family. And I, I, I got, a, I don't know, it all sort of I had to stop thinking, okay, just relax, just let it happen. It'll just wash over you and you'll come carry on with the story. And at some point this is going to settle into your head. I, I struggled with trying to map it. Yeah, I appreciate that. It, it, as is the way with all fantasy books, you get bombarded with lore and history of a world which mm-hmm. is made up. It, it's, it's, it's fancy. Mm. Fabulous imagination that she's yes. created this world, yeah. but it's, it's, it's in depth. Yes, the, the depth of, of the world is obvious and she, her world building is very good and I will say that there is a lot of information thrown at you, but there are. You don't want to give anything away. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not trying. To, I'm trying not to give anything away. There are there are other books or, or other genres of fantasy which I I would say are more difficult to get into. But because this is, you know, you can think of medieval times. You can think of kings and queens in that way. Some might find it slightly easier because of that. Hmm. So overall, how did it make you feel? Uh, it's a tough question. I I wanted to know more. I think I, I wanted to continue reading. I wanted to find out more about the character. Does he come on to become a soulless killer or is he someone with morals who keeps his morals, can set aside his... Split himself from his train? But overall, you know, I loved it. Like, it's... It, I love it as a series. And, um, and I do think, as you say, there is a lot of origin story in this book. Uh, and you're learning a lot about the world, but I think it's the next book, really, which solidified its place. For me, I I like how loyal he is to his king. Mm. And because he's being trained to do something that is morally wrong, I'm interested to see how far he will go, and as he grows older and understands what it means to do the things that he's doing, and how much energy, you know, like how they draw his strength using mm. this skill. You know, how far is he willing to go for them? Will they do any, you know, you can't tell me this, but will they do something to make him change his mind? Will he ever mm. turn against them? I want to see how he as a character continues through the story. Also, I again, I really, I really loved all of this, you know, the skill, the wit, learning the cures for even a cure for a hangover Mm. and how when he's might not giving anything away get poisoned or someone else might get poisoned and there's there's ways of fixing Mm. you know fixing that and i I thought that was fascinating i want to do that i want to be able to do all of that so i that you know it it was it was a really exciting book Mm. good film this is like one of my favorite things so we'll go character by character rather than sort of okay. blasting out yeah. uh, what we think all in one. So let's start with Fitz chivalry. Okay, so for Fitz, um, I struggled with Fitz and I will apologise up front because I've read the whole series mm-hmm. and it's been a while since I've re- read this book. Some ages might be wrong. Oh so, no, that's fine. Um, it's and all good to this. have different stages. Uh, but at this point in the series, he is younger. Uh, he's obviously gone from, I think, six years old to, I'm not sure how old he is when he's sort of sent on his missions. I, I imagine I think he's like 16, 16 to 18, sort yeah. of early days. I have gone with Charlie Heaton. Oh! You know who Charlie Heaton is? I, he's, I think I do. Now, you're going to have to remind me what he was in, but I can he see He was his... in Stranger Things. Yes, 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 yes. yes. He's British. 
Uh, He might be. Is he British? Okay, he He is. In Stranger Things, he plays Jonathan, um, and I think he's got a sort of um, a slightly a different look. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if that's a horrible thing to say, but he looks like an outsider, uh, and I think it's important that fits because he is um, because of his bastard bloodline that it is important that he's sort of viewed as an outsider both physically and sort of socially. I can understand that. Mm. I do. I mean, I liked Charlie Heaton and actually I thought he was quite attractive in Stranger Things in a very quiet, slightly Mm. unusual way. Mm. So I think, I don't know, there's a hint that obviously you know his life's going to advance further and I assume he will at some point find someone to love, I hope. So, you know, the suggestion that you know, he's got to be quite attractive. Mm-hmm. The person I pick, who I think can play quite young uh, and then possibly grow with the series, um, is Fionn Whitehead, and he was in Dunkirk. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's also been in the Children Act with Emma Thompson recently okay. as well, and he was really, really great in Dunkirk. He has this. He's, he's only twenty one, mm. so he can look younger and he can grow with it as yes, well. Yeah, he's a bit quirky. In Dunkirk, he actually doesn't say that much, but just watching him is enthralling. Just watching mm-hmm. his face go, you know, when he's going through all of that, I, I found that quite... I thought he would be quite nice. nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's quite good looking as well, <laughs> you know, that's got to help. Uh, what about Verity? Verity, now, I think I've cast him too old, ah. um, and I, I did um and ah, but I thought someone along the lines of Daniel Craig... Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, again, I think too old. I think maybe ten years ago, perfect casting would have been Daniel Craig. So I don't know because I've gone for a similar age range to oh, Daniel okay. Craig as well. Okay. Yeah, I went for Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Just why? Why would you have picked Daniel Craig? Verity's supposed to be um, a handsome and. I've always seen him as quite, not stoic, but there's a sort of reservedness about him and he seems like a good person to, to be next in line to the throne. Yes. Um, and there, there is a strength and weight behind Daniel Craig and, and his acting that I think he could achieve that. So I think age range, for me, the reason I picked Benedict Cumberbatch is he is supposed to be older than Regal mm-hmm. and his age is similar to what chivalries would have been and at certain points of the story, certainly the point that I'm at, he's got to be old enough to have a 16-year-old, 17-year-old yes, child. Yeah. So um, yeah, yes, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I pick, also I, I love Benedict Cumberbatch in Sherlock and the Imitation Game. I do think he's mm. an excellent. Oh, actor. he's he's outstanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought he would be quite. Yes, good. yeah, a good choice. What about Regal? Regal, I have gone for Michael Fassbender. Yes, slightly younger looking um, and younger than Daniel Craig and I I can see them as brothers for some reason and he has got that sort of mischievous side. He does, he's got a lovely smile. (laughs) Well yes, and I think he he is quite regal or could be quite regal Mm. Um, and I do think he, he can play both sides quite well. So the sort of, in the royal court he can play his part but at the same time there is the the plotting behind the scenes as well. Yes, there's a dark side to him as well. So I went a little bit younger then. Okay. Because actually I I did consider Michael Fassbender for Verity. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Both could work. Yeah, Yeah, I went a little bit younger and I went for Theo James. 
Theo James. Please remind me. Theo James. <laughs> <laughs> or Theo, tell me. Theo, <laughs> uh, Theo James was in the Divergent series. Okay, I haven't seen he that. is English, he's from Oxfordshire, um, but he plays American in that. But he's also done a couple of period pieces. He was in Downton Abbey and he was in an ITV drama called A Passionate Woman mm-hmm. as well, where I think he plays the lover. I think he would be um, quite good at it. He's mm. very good looking. Um, I think he could play that really good looking and stuck up and, you know, young rich boy who just wants to plot and get his way all the time. And I think because it's his father's second wife that, you know, is Regal's mother... I, can, I saw him as being quite a bit younger and therefore quite threatened by fit chivalry. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, come on, that guy is really fit. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he Not is. Not that I base all character choices <laughs> on looks. Um, <laughs> odd, odd one. Um, what about patience? Oh, I. Do you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot remember Patience very well ah, as okay. a character, so I, I haven't been able to cast Absolutely it. fair enough. You might not like the actress that I've picked okay. because some people don't like her. I actually really do. Um, but I've picked Kira Knightley for Patience because okay. she, she's done these period dramas. She's done a lot of period dramas and I can see her in that sort of... She's also got, got almost like an elfish kind of look mm-hmm. to her as yeah, well, yeah, which yeah. is quite good for this kind of fantasy drama but the character is supposed to be quite quirky she's very different to everybody else they keep making comments that you know she has her own way her own mind she does what she wants when chivalry first met her i believe she's sitting in a tree and she's just talking down to him from the tree and things like that and kira knightley can look conventionally very beautiful Mm -hmm. but i've seen her playing really quirky characters she was in one which for the life of me, I can't remember the name of, but she's being routinely spanked (laughs) and she pulls really ugly faces doing it and you're like, okay, so you're not just acting pretty all the time. She she has played some very strange um, characters and also the book I have just finished, I finished last night, was Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Mm -hmm. Lies. She wrote a great piece in that about feminism. I know that she's quite a strong-willed woman, and I think that would suit the character of Patience. Last one I have on my list of characters, and if you have other ones, do tell me, and mm-hmm. then you can cast them. But um, I had King Shrewd. Okay. So for Shrewd, um, I've uh, selected Donald Sutherland. Oh, yeah. Got the the age, the the weight, the the shrewdness. Yeah. I, I think um, yeah. you know he's not an evil man. He's a, he's a he's a clever man. He's a cunning man, uh, and I think Don, Donald Sutherland can do that very well. But. I think I think your casting is much better than mine, because <laughs> Donald <laughs> Sutherland not only was he in Hunger Games. Mm. Am I getting the right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he was yeah, in yeah, Hunger yeah, Games, and he played that really evil sort yeah. of conniving um, character, President Snow. Yes. Yes. So. But he was also the father in Pride and Prejudice mm. with Keira Knightley. And he had, well, a very good English accent. But he was very calm yes, and relaxed. Yeah. And he had this genteel about him as well. So I think Shrewd is both cunning, but he's mm. also very wise. And he has an understanding and, you know, about wisdom. I picked Gary Oldman. Great, yeah. He, he was up there for me yeah. when, when trying to make the decision but I, yeah, I, I picked him because he has such grandeur about him when I saw him in the darkest hour I thought oh god you can really fill a screen you can really fill a role and mm. I thought that he would be a very good casting for that 
Yeah. Did you think about any other characters? Uh, I, I, I picked a few. I'll, I'll, I'll race through. Yeah, I just realised I missed off Shade, which I think is um, a shame, and I still don't know who Do I... Do you know what? I, I've missed him, and I've mm. missed Burridge as well. Burridge, I put Brendan Gleeson, but I think I, that, I think he's slightly too old now. But I was trying to think of who, who, would, who would be a good stable oh, hand. And... Oh, for Burridge? For Burridge, well, yes. I think he'd yeah. be good as Shade, though. Maybe. Yeah, but not yeah for Bur- I know what you mean. For yeah, Burridge. I think uh, I think maybe he's he's slightly too old. I think Brendan Gleeson is slightly too old. I, I'm not sure. Who else have I got? Only a few. I I desperately tried to wait, <laughs> stay away from picking Game of Thrones or or <laughs> Lord of the Rings characters, but I couldn't avoid it with this one. Um, for Galen, I cast Christopher Lee. Oh yeah. Who plays Saruman in Lord of the Rings? I, I just couldn't avoid it. I think he's perfect for it. Also, oh, I yeah. I was watching the extras for Lord of the Rings. He's a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and that just helps it as well. I think that he 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 loves fantasy and he he likes mm-hmm. these worlds. So that would be that, that was why I picked Christopher. So the question I have to ask here mm-hmm. is: Can you make comparisons between other books? But I think we've covered that. I think we have. Just before I yeah, get to my final question on the mm-hmm. book, I just wanted to just slip in that I actually audiobooked this book. It was fine to audiobook this, mm. audiobook this book, <laughs> but it was a little hard to get into it with the accent. Now, I know you listened to a little taster of it. I did, yes. Um, the accent is really heightened. It is. It is it's supposed to be British. Yes, quite probably. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad. I, I will not mention this gentleman's name, but he, after some Googling, I found out he is actually from Ohio. Right. And he has this way of saying some of the words. It is very... He says Robin Hobb mm. when he's saying Robin Hobb and, and things like that. And I, I found that quite quite distracting to start off with. But generally, you know, it is a fantasy world. They can mm-hmm. have whatever accent. So I did sort of relax about the accents and maybe they do have this slightly heightened and strange accent <laughs> and the other thing the mountain people you know Ketrikin and mm-hmm. uh, Rurisk yes they seem to be Italian-ish how peculiar <laughs> uh, I, I, I haven't listened to it so I have no or idea some sort or Spanish or some sort of generic mm. European accent that's strange I do you know I Does, was that how you saw them I, I well when I think about them now I always think about them as I think Norwegian that sort of um, oh, area because it's they're, they're, it's supposed to be a cold area Mountain. mountainous and I sort of see that yeah from, from that sort of area Norway Denmark but I don't know where we're I suppose it's difficult for you if, well, yeah, if you listen to the audio. Yeah, it was a little bit difficult because I, I, I was like, well... Italian. <laughs> I suppose the Italians do ski. Oh, no. Yeah. If I reread this now, I'm just going to hear an Italian <laughs> accent. Yeah, no, I was, I was a little bit taken aback by yeah, the I'm Italian accents. So, the other thing I want to do, Dave, is ask you about yourself and mm. your reading history. Oh, Ish. wow. <laughs> Basically, an interview all about Dave. Okay, I'm sure this will be very interesting. <laughs> so what are you currently reading at the moment, and would you recommend it? I am currently on the third Hunger Games book, uh, Mockingjay. I couldn't really tell you at the moment, I'm two chapters in. I'm struggling to 
get into it. Not sure why. The, the other ones, the, the first one was a very good book. The second one was okay. And yeah, I just want to see how it, how it ends. What is your favourite book of all time? Oh, this is really tricky. I mean, I read Lord of the Rings a long time ago. And do you know what? It's not Lord of the Rings. I'm, I'm skewed by the films, which are fantastic. And I think maybe they do a better job of taking out all the fluff from the books. I would probably agree with um, that. Saying that, I do want to go back to Lord of the Rings and say that. I think, because such is the way with fantasy, they always come in trilogies. The one that really sticks with me, and I have gone back to, Dark Materials. Yes. Um, I couldn't I couldn't name a single one, yeah. Dark Materials by Philip Pullman. I couldn't name which one was my favourite, but as, as a whole, I liked the, the story arc. So he had the Northern Lights... The subtle Knife. Subtle Knife, which is the last one. No, that's the middle one. Oh, is it? The middle one is Subtle what's Knife. That's the Amber the, Spyglass. That's the last one. Last one, okay. Is there a genre of book you shy away from and why? I haven't read too many other genres. Romance, probably shy away from that. I've read, I read like the Dan Brown books back in the day. They were quite fun, mm-hmm. but yeah, I haven't read a lot of like crime or like that really. So if I was to hand you, because you said romance novel, if mm-hmm. I was to hand you a romance novel and said, oh my God, you've got to read this, what about it would make you go, eh, I don't want to? I think it's just the sort of implications that come with the genre. I tend to think of them, and I, I this is a you know a generalisation, Fifty Shades of Grey or, or, <laughs> or that sort of thing, and I know that's not the way. I know that's erotic romance or whatever, but I just sort of... Um, I'm guessing you haven't read Fifty Shades no, of Grey. No, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> nor have I seen the films. And Me neither. Will I, ever. I but, don't um, really want to. Like I say, I, I, I'm open to suggestions and I need to branch out. So. Well, I mean, I will definitely see if I can find some suggestions Please for do. you. So, the last question I have, which is a big one for what I'm aiming to do with this podcast and blog, mm-hmm. having, you know, the two versions. How do you feel about audiobooks? Honestly, previously, I thought that they were cheating a bit. I've never really listened to one. However, you know, my my opinions have changed. I think, as I said before, I'm a slow reader, so reading a book for me is is an achievement. I like to... The reason I've read all the Robin Hobb books is because I like to see them lined up on my bookshelf, and they are my my trophies, as well as fantastic stories. Mm. But saying that, if I'd witnessed these stories through audio, through audio books... I think it would... My, my opinion has changed. I think I'd quite enjoy it. And I think uh, I'm older now, I've got less time, I'm, I'm working more. I think it's a good way to take in these stories. Fantastic. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you so much for such a great recommendation. I will definitely be listening to the rest of the trilogy. And good. perhaps we will come back together and you can join me for those and maybe if we can recommend something good to you as well you can come and discuss that with us yes by all means thank you for listening to the all access book club you can find the written version of the podcast on the aabc.blogspots.com for more recommendations or if you'd like to join me in commenting on these books whether you agree or disagree i would love to hear from you You can either comment in the comment section on the blog or you can visit me at the All Access Book Club on Instagram or on Twitter at HannahAABC. Thank you very much for listening.